Iowa everywhere. This is Iowa Everywhere. And now, it's time for Two Guys Named Chris. Powered by Fairway Meat and Grocery. This is Iowa Everywhere. For the fans. Hello, welcome to Two Guys Named Chris. It is the 26th of January. Happy Thursday. Chris Hassel on the call. Big uh, Conference USA battle tonight are we on cbs sports tonight can we all watch oh yeah we're on the old uh, cbs sports network uh be tuning in brother six o'clock your time uh i haven't showered yet so i have uh, i have bedhead uh, i'm trying to i think it looks nice you, you like that it looks like what the the way the kids wear the hair now you know where it's <laughs> like a mop I'm trying to go for the old caleb grill fau Going for a 19th straight win against Middle Tennessee, 7 o'clock tonight. I'm calling the game with my good pal Mike O'Donnell, rotisserie chicken is, is what I call him. He eats a rotisserie chicken for every meal. Really? Every meal. He wakes Wh- up in the morning, Shut opens up. up the fridge, pulls out a full chicken, and eats it. Yes, he does. And then and when he he's does on the road lunch? like he is right now, when he's on the road, he go, the first thing he does when he gets into a town is he goes to the grocery store. And buys all of their rotisserie chickens and puts them in his hotel uh, fridge. Do you know how much sodium is loaded into those things? I, I, I don't know, man. It's it's, it's about as healthy as it gets, isn't it? I mean, it's just chicken with, I guess, pumped with antibiotics and all that stuff. But those so those things though, he, like when you 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 leave them in the fridge and they get all like congealed on the bottom. Can yeah. you put all those preserves? Yeah. Uh, you know so what, I mean? what happens if his hotel doesn't have a refrigerator? Well, he, he has it in his contract where he demands a hotel that has that's nice enough to have a, a fridge. Are you serious? No, I don't know. I, <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I didn't know. <laughs> he, like, w- we went to, one time we went to, between shoot-arounds in, like, Ruston, Louisiana, we went to a Chili's because that was, like, the only thing in the town. And I thought, man, maybe he'll order a burger or something. He gets a, he gets the chicken and rice. And he said, miss, can I please get triple chicken on the chicken? I want three pieces of chicken, not just the one. I want three of these. I don't need extra rice, but I want three of these. Does he ever eat red meat? Or is it just white meat? Like he's just obsessed with chicken. I don't know. I, I he he and he's in great shape. He played basketball at UCF. He's he's in fantastic shape. But he is obsessed with I think he sleeps with a rotisserie chicken. Man. By his side. You'd think you'd get tired of it. I mean, I like a rotisserie chicken. Well, this but- guy, he's he's pretty bland. He, I don't think he gets tired of much. He's just well. I can't wait happy. for the game. What oh, time yeah, does that start tonight? We'll make sure. Six no, Central. Six Central. Okay. We'll make sure everybody is. He is wants into us that one. to wear sunglasses and flip flops for the open because the, the FAU's whole thing is winning in paradise because they're right next to the beach and all that. I haven't given him the green light on that. I don't know if we're going to do that. So. You make that decision, or is there like a producer that does? Well, I mean, I can say no, I don't want to do it. Oh, okay. But if we both want to do it, then yes, that has to go. Like someone at CBS has to green light it. So, I, well, I, it's I'm, I'm kind of hoping as... that the boss doesn't green light it because I would rather not do that. But yeah, but if rotisserie, what rotisserie chicken wants, rotisserie chicken generally usually gets. Yes. Usually yes. I wish I had a cool nickname like that. Yeah, what are you? You're just C. Willie? Yeah, whatever. C. Willingham? Uh, T-Bone. T-Bone. T-Bone! <laughs> Coco the monkey. <laughs> uh, same time as Iowa. So we've got the FAU game, same time as Iowa. Oh, geez, I'm dueling with Iowa Michigan State, huh? Yep. I was hoping that was going to be a... one of those 9 p.m. Eastern time tips again. For that is an 10. FS1 game. And then you've got Purdue 
at Michigan. That'll be a good one. That'll be an mm-hmm. interesting game afterwards. I mean, on the road at Michigan for the top-ranked team in the country. I uh, want to thank our presenting sponsor, Fairway Meat and Grocery. I bet they've got damn good rotisserie chickens at Fairway. Old rotisserie chicken, you got to get him up to yeah, Iowa. Have to check, yeah, you check out the rotisserie section and get back to me. It is a nice meat. Like, so the nights my wife works, it's like just me and the kids, right? I'll, I'm will i known to run to Fairway to pick up a rotisserie chicken. Cause you just, oh, yeah? You can put it. We my my kids like to make wraps. Yeah, you, know, you put it in a wrap. You throw some cheese on it. Your yada, kids yada, yada. make their own wraps. Well, no, I make for them, but oh, they okay. like to eat the wraps. And then you know you just got to cut up the chicken. I'm a meat. I'm a carver. You know I like to carve off the bones, and you know I really like to make sure I get you all like the doing meat. that. Oh yeah. Because we get rotisserie chickens from the grocery store. We guess your so wife I- does it. So that I could put them in uh, sandwiches, and she doesn't really like doing it. So sometimes I have to do the whole rotisserie, like I get in there with my hands, and I don't really like that. Get in there, you know, like you know what the best the part about the rotisserie off. is? What's that? It's real moist. <gasps> it's oh, real moist. That. When you pull that rotisserie off that rolling pin, it's just real moist. Yeah, you pissed off all the Iowa fans earlier this week because you were bad-mouthing Carver Hawkeye Arena, uh, as Matt Matt's reminding <laughs> us on the uh, YouTube feed. So we'll, we'll get into that because I didn't take it. Like, we'll, we'll get into that. We, we've got a lot to covered today we've got the nfc championship game with brock purdy and george kittle of course playing in it we've got uh the afc championship game with a local team the kansas city chiefs where do we want to start let's let's start with iowa tonight it looks like patrick mccaffrey well, hang on. i thought we were going to start with the, the uber eats delivery on the court oh do you want to you want to go okay we can go there yeah so so what the <laughs> hell is this it's duquesne <laughs> and loyola duquesne Chicago. and loyola last night why is Loyola playing Duquesne? Well, oh, yeah, they're, they're in the, the A10 now. That's Remember, right. They, lo- That's they right. left the Valley. <laughs> Speaking of the Valley, so, did you see Steve Prome and his team get in a fight? Oh, really? Yeah. Go back and look at that. So look at the So we're, we're Van Winkle showing the video here. This game gets stopped in the second half because someone walks onto the court with a McDonald's delivery. And he's like, he's like, anybody order DoorDash? They stop the game. <laughs> like security lets him walk onto the court, but they stop. They had to stop the game because he like goes. He's right next to a he's guy with the, a ball. He's got a coke. And the announcers, of course, are just going nuts. And they think it's real. Well, we find out. Of course, it's not. It's one of these idiot TikTok YouTubers. Uh, that's all. He's moron. all mic'd up. He's Mike. I'm sure we'll see this on TikTok or whatever soon, the whole video. But here's what I don't, what I hate about this. Oh, sure, fun, whatever. They didn't even kick him out of the stadium. He walked onto the court while they were playing. In any other sport, like if it's football, you get tackled, thrown in jail. Baseball, tackled, thrown in jail. If this was NBA, Tackled by Shannon Sharp, thrown in jail. Somehow they let him go back into the student section and eat the McDonald's and watch the rest of the game. Apparently, Duquesne is hard up for people to go to their games. Like, well, he's in the building. Yeah, we can't, we, yeah we, we can't afford to lose a fan here. <laughs> so it's a hoax, space. So here's my question How did the kid get the McDonald's into the arena? That's tough to do. Like, I, if you just like brought a sack of McDonald's and a Coke and tried to get into the Hilton Coliseum, you couldn't do it. Yeah, I don't know. And it's the second half too. I think so. Did he did he leave at halftime and come back? Is it was it one of those Jack Tri Stadium policies where you can just go out to your car Skin at halftime and come back? Drink. <laughs> this reminds me though of, and this is funny. So Duquesne was playing in this game. So I'm calling a game about four or five years ago with Doug Gottlieb. 
It's a Duquesne-Pittsburgh game in Pittsburgh, which is where Duquesne is and where that took place last night. It Halftime comes, and we've got a little 10-minute break. All of a sudden, this guy, this delivery guy, walks up. When we're sitting on the court right where the announcers normally sit. He's got this bag, and Doug goes, yep, just put it right there. <laughs> he delivers this bag of food, sets it where Doug is. Doug, Doug doesn't say anything other than set it right there. Doesn't say anything. Doesn't say anything to me. And I'm just watching it unfold. He opens it up, grabs the chopsticks, Ooh. Opens up the... It's sushi. Wow. And Gottlieb proceeds to eat sushi with chopsticks courtside at halftime of a game he's calling. A Duquesne game. And I just... I'm sitting there... I feel like you're trying to make a point at that point. Right. right. Like, you know, oh, I can use chopsticks. What what is going on? I, I might have a quest bar at halftime. Maybe. I, I won't even have actual food at halftime. But to have someone deliver into the, into the arena sushi and eat it like with chopsticks. I feel like it's a big gamble, too, because it's, if it's bad sushi, it could just give you immediate diarrhea. Yeah, sushi in Pittsburgh? Yeah. It's like, know. bam, straight to the toilet. That so that it is interesting parallels because it happened in, with the same team last night, but it was McDonald's. This reminds Anywho. me of when Bloom was calling the Clarinda Academy girls game, <laughs> and that and that girl just sat in the middle of the court and refused to play. Instead of an Uber East driver, it was the guy driving the paddy wagon, <laughs> rounding everybody up after the game. All right, back to prison we go. <laughs> I, my, we were, I was on the text chain with my dad and <laughs> it's like my dad and Dave Zabolinski and a few other people you're not involved Chris I don't ever want to be on that text chain somehow somehow you're, you came up oh god and I don't know it was Dave I mean it's probably Dave saying something <laughs> about you and, and my dad was like well I think you should lay off him he, he had a real rough childhood <laughs> His parents worked at the insane asylum and the prison, and he went to the Clorinda Academy. It doesn't sound like he had a very nice upbringing. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Um, He had to go to dirt tracks every weekend. (laughs) This is true. Our family vacations. All right, kids, get the van. We're driving to the brickyard. You know, it uh, it could be. We had a good time. Uh, I do want to, if you want really in depth on the NFL championship games, I did do a podcast yesterday with Sage Rosenfels. We really dug deep, hassle into the future of Brock Purdy, like beyond this year. Mm -hmm. Where where does Sage think he fits? How does it? It was really good stuff. And Sage knows Kyle Shanahan really well. They're really good friends. So Sage has all sorts of really cool insight on this. So you guys can check that out if you want really in-depth on the NFL playoffs. Uh, Ken Miller and Mike Palm from Circa will be doing a betting preview for the two championship games tonight at 7 o'clock. And then I will get that posted. So that will be on the feed first thing tomorrow. So we've got a lot of good uh, stuff coming up. Chiefs Bengals line has been just moving all over the place. It's been pretty crazy. From yeah. Chiefs starting out as the favorite, then the Bengals are the favorite, and then Mahomes practices yesterday, so it starts coming back toward a pick 'em. I Yeah, and I just don't know. Like did anybody actually think Patrick Mahomes wouldn't play in that game? Like I never did, but Oh, no, I don't think so. I mean, I, <clears throat> the line has just been weird. Like I think the, it's just overreaction. It's, it's how effective is he going to be? How is he is he going to be able to get out of the pocket at all? At all? Is he going to be able to scramble at all? That's why I bet on the Bengals. Even if if you have Mahomes second half against the Jags, uh the Bengals aren't the Jags. You know. Right. But I also feel like I'm on the square side here. As far as the bet, I feel like everybody's on the Bengals, which I hate being on the same side as the public. Well, Burrow is 3-0 against a healthy Mahomes. Yeah. 
He's got their number. And man, That's they for are sure. on fire right now. We'll do our circa picks coming up. Let's let's start with Iowa basketball tonight. Uh, again, Fox Sports 1, 6 o'clock. They will be on the road with Michigan State, who, you know, this isn't like your your father's Michigan State team. 13 and 7. They've lost three of four. Um, I mean, offensively, they're pretty average. Iowa's a significantly higher ranked offense than Michigan State is. Now, Iowa's poorest defense is the, you know, the issue with the Hawkeyes. But the story here is Patrick McCaffrey. He was, we were told yesterday, questionable tonight. How do you tackle this? Uh, If you're Fran McCaffrey, your team has won five of six without him. Uh, I don't know. Like I, I can't imagine he, if he does play, it's 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 he's on some sort of a pitch count, right? What do you think happens? Yeah, I mean, how long has it been since he's since he's played? I don't know if the conditioning is there. Um, I mean, I don't think you can factor in what's happened without him winning four or five. I mean, for the reasons that he stepped away, I think he deserves to play as much as he was playing before. I mean, I don't think that you adjust lineups or anything like that because of that. I think you adjust it based on, you know, if he's ready to go. Um, Now, it might help, too, that they're coming off an ugly loss at Ohio State. It's not like they're rolling now. I mean, it's been a while since since those Maryland and Michigan games, their their last two wins. Um, I don't... What's the line on this game? I I just it, this this feels like a like a Michigan State win. I haven't seen the I mean, line. I, I'd be I'd be really surprised if Iowa wins this game. I haven't seen the line, but I'm guessing it's around like three or four. Would be yeah. Give me give me one second. I will I will pull that up. It is three because two and a half three. Michigan Depends State sure they've lost three of four. Circa has it at three. Uh, but I mean they're it, it's they're different at home. Like two of those three losses were on the road. The the one loss at home was to the number one ranked team in the country by one point. So I I think it's it's gonna you're gonna get a good Michigan State effort tonight. And what are we gonna get out of Iowa? I mean, are they gonna make some stops defensively? Because <laughs> that was that was ugly the last time out. And if you could play like that against Michigan State, you're gonna lose again by twenty points. No, I don't expect that. I think this is going to be within 10, but I do not expect Iowa to win this game. Really interesting, when you look at the net rankings, mm-hmm. Iowa 40, Michigan State 41. So well, they're, they're, right, top. they're right next to each other in the standings, too. Michigan State's 5-4, and four, Iowa's 4-4. Four and four. They have virtually the same overall record, too. Michigan State's 13-7, and seven, Iowa's 12-7. and seven. I do have a theory, and I'm I'm going to keep pounding this. I think a lot of these old school, iconic college basketball coaches are going to continue to have a really hard time in this new era. I think we're yeah. seeing it with Izzo. We're seeing it with well, Bob Huggins. We're seeing it with and, Calipari. And we've seen it with retirements. Yeah. Coach K. Kruger got Roy out. Williams. Krzyzewski got out. Roy Williams. Like it, I just I – don't, I don't think that we're going to see – Michigan State under Tom Izzo like we've seen in the past again. I think it's over. Mm-hmm. Now, that's still a great program. Somebody will come in and pick it up, and that'll be a job that a lot of people want. But I, if you look at, like, the self is different to me. He's still young enough, and he, self has shown the ability to cheat and do certain things to, let's just call a spade a spade. But, I mean, you look, look up and down at the really – hot programs right now it's not these old school guys who because it, it used to be where college basketball was about the coaches right yeah because it's like oh well, bobby Knight's too long to ago yeah no like five years ago that was still the case and it's just i use bob huggins an example because he's in the big 12 and i see him a couple times a year but like i think Izzo's the same way like Izzo used to really Oh, I'm an Izzo guy. I'm entrenched in Izzo's system. I play the Izzo way. Well, if you're only getting guys for 
couple years now, and you can't have that fourth-year senior. And, you know, Michigan State was never winning the way that Cal did at Kentucky. They, Yeah, they would get a McDonald's All-American here, and they would, they would do that, but they didn't build their program off of that. They had tough third, fourth-year dudes. Well, those guys aren't there anymore. I don't know. I just right. – I think that – yeah, it feels like a Michigan State win tonight, but I also I just don't think they're the same. I think Iowa fans can look at this and go, well, we haven't had a lot of success there in the past. I just don't feel like it's the same program. I am so ready for the six- and seven-year guys to just like roll through and yeah. and kind of reset what college is supposed to be. Like It's not supposed to be a 25-year-old quarterback leading Georgia to a – you're talking about the COVID year, guys. It's COVID years and the red shirts and the transfers. And, and, and you got – it's just insane. I've got a guy tonight on Middle Tennessee who's in his seventh year. Seven yeah. years. So he would have had to have a red shirt. He would have had to have gotten injured, and he's using a COVID year. Yep, would be the and this COVID that. year, like I was, I was talking with FAU's coach Dusty May yesterday at practice, and it's like the the transfer portal is just a disaster right now because of the COVID year because that's an extra twenty percent of your players that are supposed to be done that are still eligible that are also in that transfer portal and it's just mucking everything up and I get it I mean I. That was a horrible thing, and it it you had to figure something out. But now that we're you know we're three years past it, but it's still just it's dragging things down. And it's these teams that have guys that are 23, 24 years old. I mean, that makes a big difference when you're going up against other teams with eighteen and nineteen year olds who might be more talented. But that that's that is a man, a full grown man. Adult it's why the Big Twelve the kid is right out of high school. It's why the Big Twelve is what it is. They're all yeah. old, and I and those are the teams right now that are having a ton of success. They might not be the best, the most talented players, but they are men who have bought in. And, and like the the fresh, I I think it'd be really interesting to see what happens with Iowa State when Otzelberger's recruiting classes start coming in. Yeah. Because, like, right now, he's got all older guys. It's their last stop. They are all about the team. That's all they care about. Like, Jaron Holmes knows he's not going to the NBA, right? Mm -hmm. Trey King knows he's not an NBA player. They are there to make the most of their college experience. Caleb Grill's there to get his master's degree, right? Like, well, what happens when you start sprinkling in McDonald's All-Americans? And, like, it'll be really fascinating to see – how all of that kind of meshes together. Because that game the other night, I was courtside, and Kansas State and Iowa State, it felt like watching like a heavyweight like UFC bout. Like they, the, Every guy on the floor, other than Taman Lipsy, was a fourth or fifth-year guy, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. And it was fun. Like, I really enjoyed it, but I get what you're saying. I just, I also don't think that this trend, look at what Kansas State's done. Look at what Iowa State did last year. When you go from being so bad, well, how do you do it? They're not littered with talent and lottery picks. It's all grad transfers, guys who other people, like Kante um, Johnson with Kansas State, like there was a big medical risk there. It's like when when Fred took Royce, you know, they got that ultra-talented guy, but it's because there was a major questions about him. It's really, really fascinating. And I just don't think that the Huggins, the Kruger was smart. Kruger saw this and was like, I can't compete with this. I'm getting the hell out of here. I'm going to go golf. I'll go help my kid be the head coach at UNLV. I'll live in Vegas, golf every day, and pop into the office. He was genius. Mm-hmm. Look at Calipari now. Like, the guy has no idea because he all he used to do was just compile – McDonald's All-Americans and the right. talent will win out. Doesn't work that way anymore. It's Yeah, it's, I mean I, I just did a game with Mark Turgeon and a guy that's won almost 500 games. He was Maryland's coach, coach for a long time and 
Texas A&M back. I he used said to cover it was him. just it was just like he he wanted out. It was it. And now he he didn't say that he would never go back, but he said it's it's, it's just it's changed so much. He just needed to get out, and it's who's going to be able to thrive in this sort of environment. Bruce Weber's another guy. Right. But TJ has shown that, man, he not only can he survive, he is thriving on this right now. Just putting these teams together like a GM every single year. It's, that's what it, it is. is. It, it is going to be interesting, though, when these top 10 recruiting classes come in and how that's all going to work out. Because you know these young kids, these yeah. four-star recruits, many of them think it's, it's a year or two and I'm going to the NBA. It's all about recruiting. Can can you find the guys that want to be a part of a team and don't necessarily care as much about individual accolades? I've never met a freshman D1 basketball player who didn't think he was going to the NBA. They all do. Even the sophomores, when they don't play as freshmen and they transfer, they all think they're getting to the league. Real quick, uh, just a, a little caveat. Florida Atlantic, 18 in the net. Yeah, so this is that's, like a they legit are team. net darlings. Yeah, um, Sherry Palm has them as a nine seed right now, so they could, you know, if, two and zero quad this, one. They they could get an at large bid out of Conference USA if they don't win it, which is unheard of. Like that, Conference USA never gets more than one bid. Now it's gonna, they are going to the American next season. But man, you you should see the facilities that these guys have it, it is so bad so bad it is you would be blown away at what dusty may does and doesn't have at his disposal there as the head coach and for this team to be a top 25 team winners of 18 in a row is is mind-boggling like he, he should be and, and i think he is the front runner for coach of the year right now he was telling us that their budget which is the lowest in conference usa like by a lot they have to pay out of their basketball budget they have to pay the officials out of their budget wow (laughs) that's that's insane this stuff you just don't think about and there's no charters you know you're flying commercial everywhere you're connecting to all these places and then bussing. It's wild, like, and then you look at the numbers that came out yesterday from Scott Doctorman on like what Iowa basketball spent on recruiting. What is up with what? Ha- what how could <laughs> Iowa basketball recruiting spend more money than Iowa football recruiting? I don't know. How the could only, it even be close? The only thing I could think of, I don't know. They. Are they flying more like to the East Coast? Like, did they, it can, where football's more of a regional, like they spend all the, I have no idea. I don't know. I should ask but Dr. It, but about just that. Think of it numbers wise. I mean, how many, it's insane. Like, they have 85 you're, you're bringing in what? Football. 20 kids a year, probably for football. Is that, is that, is that a rough, yeah, 20 to 25. 20 to 25. Okay. In basketball, you're bringing in two, three. Like how how do those numbers add up? Isn't it funny how Matt? Could you pull up that number one more time, my friend? Isn't it funny how the revenue and the expenses are always like perfectly aligned? Almost, it's oh, almost yeah, like yeah. they're trying to stay tax exempt. I don't know exactly. Like it, yeah, <laughs> no, but then you throw in the fact that one of the kids that's that you already know is coming is another McCaffrey. That's true. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> So you're not yeah. spending any money to recruit him. I'm assuming Dr. Man will have a, like an actual story on yeah, this. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in this. Or we can learn really more interested. about it. Yeah. That was that was wild. I would love to know whether it's Kirk Ferentz doing this on bare bones or I think it has to be both. I think it. there's no way it could just be one or the other. The, the basketball must be – I mean, where are they? Are they going to Europe? They're they getting a lot of steak dinners. out to Europe? Are they flying first class to you? (laughs) They're not staying at the five-star hotel. 
Uh, Fran, we're going to need you to stay at Super 8s exclusively from here on out. <laughs> how's that, how's that, that conversation, conversation going to go? <laughs> uh, the Iowa State game the other night was incredible. Uh, really, I, so... I was wondering, you know, you've been courtside for the Texas game and for this Kansas State game, and you're still able to, to tweet during the game. I'm wondering how you tweet so well with one hand down your pants the entire game. I've gotten really used to it over the years. You know, the old computer screen slash eggplant. It's one-handed emoji. typing. <laughs> You're so enjoying I, yourself there. I thought, Matt, could you pull up my tweet from yesterday so I have the actual statistic here? So I felt like I was watching something special in the second half of that game, but it, but it's always interesting. Like you feel like it, and then you go back and be like, oh, it was just a good win. You know, the team you might like won. That thing in the last eight minutes, so the the final two timeouts, was freaking blow for blow. So my buddy, a uh, friend of mine, Brian Lazier, actually went and ran the numbers. In the final eight and a half minutes, Iowa State scored on 13 of 15 possessions. Kansas State scored on 11 of 14 possessions down wow. the stretch in that game. So they just, like... So that that kind of backed up what I and for what it's worth, Hassel. I talked to John Walters after the game too. I bumped into him, and he because I I kind of said to him, I go that seemed like a really awesome game, right? And he, John's called a million games. He goes, I think that might be one of the best games I've seen in this building, huh? And not necessarily like one of the best wins. Like uh, yeah, it was against sure. the top five team, but you were favorite. Like it wasn't like the shocking upset. It was just a really, really, really good basketball game. It was, and I was really impressed with Kansas State because I Me thought too. once Iowa State got up seven, eight, nine, that that was going to be it. And they just kept coming and kept coming and kept oh, that making point the guard. big shot after big shot. That fifth-year point guard, Noel, man, like he is he is impressive. That I I think they may be the best team I've seen them play this year. I think they're better than Kansas. I definitely think that they're better than North Carolina right now, although I will hold out. I think North Carolina, if they're a seven seed in the tournament, I might pick them to go to the Final Four because it feels like once that team turns it on, it's going to be a, a different Did scenario. I miss something? How did we get to North Carolina? I'm, 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 I'm saying I think that that Kansas State team might be the best team I've seen Iowa State play this year. I'm just comparing. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm comparing teams I've seen. UConn would be ACC right there. Basketball. Uh-huh. But Kansas State is so – experience like their first six guys are all juniors and seniors they're all bought in you've got a high-end guy in Johnson you've got an elite point guard and I was with you I thought once Iowa State got up by 10 it'd be kind of like the Texas game where Kansas State would fold and they they certainly did not and that the numbers that that I just gave you the efficiency numbers down the stretch are incredible you just don't see that in the college that's amazing and Iowa State needed all of that yeah, if they didn't keep scoring, Kansas State was going to come back and win that game. And the grill shot—I mean, he made one shot, but man, was it huge! Yeah, and and that was another aspect of that game where I just I was watching him because that was the big story, and I thought three different times in the second half he was done. I mean, he's on the bench just writhing in pain, rubbing his back. You know, they got that thing wrapped around his back. And I, I thought he was done. And then, oh, Caleb's checking back in. Yeah, what are they? How are they loosening that thing? Because a couple times he came off the court, and he was hunched over like he was eighty-five years old. Mm-hmm. And I thought, geez, he's done. Oh, that he was like borderline crying going off the court. That I one worry time. though that like is that how is that going to heal throughout the season? Like how is that going to go away? I don't know, and I I do wonder. Do you potentially sit him against Missouri on Saturday because it's not a Big 12 yeah, game? not a conference game. It's a big game. That's a quad one game, I think. Yeah, it is. Missouri. It's quad one because it's on the road. But, but the thing is, point, then they have a really quick turnaround, so they go from Columbia to Lubbock because they play on Monday this week. Geez. So it's almost like – but you – man – Tech is to the point now where you really don't want to lose that game. 
right? Because they're they just keep cratering. Um, so I they didn't lose again, like, just, did they? They lost to West Virginia last night. I think West Virginia, it's, Texas Tech was favored by like four in that game. Almost positive. I I was in. They did. You're right. Night. They lost. They lost by fifteen. Yeah. So like clearly, what is going I, on? So what do you do with Grill? I don't. Otzelberger is going to speak. He won't tell us anything regarding that. The, I, my guess is that they're just going to keep playing him because I don't think this is a deal where it's like, well, it can't get worse, but like, how much can you play through it? Regardless, it, it, it you put out a tweet, and here's what I don't understand about Iowa fan. If, if you can explain, <laughs> Are you this going to the eight p.m. tip thing. Well, yeah, because you put out that tweet. Like, well, and it was a response to your tweet. Yeah, because I said, "Man, these eight o'clock tips are just—it's like a—it's a weird deal." But Hilton thrives the later the game is, and I know what it is. It's because these people drink; they go out drinking, and the atmosphere there on Tuesday was all—it was just as good as it was against Texas. It just wasn't as angry you know it wasn't as although one of my great cyclone alley shout out to them for doing the fk state thing to spite jerome tang because jerome tang had been doing the hey let's let's win over our let's let's do the thing with love and compassion instead of saying f kansas let's let's say go k state so i i'm pretty sure that the crowd was sarcastically chanting fk state just to spite jerome tang um, but it, it was incredible. Well, you put out a tweet and you got all sorts of hell and I, well, I don't know why we can't talk about why Carver isn't better without people getting all pissy and defensive because they've had good teams. It's not, you're not insulting the, you, you, your tweet was for people listening on the podcast. Why is it that Iowa state fans thrive with an 8 PM local tip while Iowa fans say it's just too late. And if Iowa has sucked, like if we're in the middle of the lick lighter years, I get it. Nobody wants to go to the games. We had that two years ago. Nobody wanted to go watch Iowa State at the end of the prom era. I Thankfully, get it. it was the COVID, COVID years. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have but to. I just don't understand why Iowa fans get so defensive. Like we know that they've struggled crowd-wise there. It's obvious. We see it. Why can't we have a constructive conversation without everybody getting so damn defensive about it? The 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 main thing that... that- Iowa fans that I saw, the main argument was, is that it's a lot of fans are coming from the Des Moines area, and Iowa State fans all live within like 30 minutes of Hilton. That was like the the main argument. But my argument is there's a lot of people on the eastern side of the state, from Cedar Rapids to Davenport. I I grew up in Muscatine, 30 minutes. From you guys always tell us how there's so many more Iowa fans than Iowa State fans, too. <laughs> it, yeah, and, and I there are. There are more Iowa fans than Iowa State fans. That's the other thing. And they and it's not about all of these people from Des Moines coming to Carver. I mean, I, I really don't think that many people have season tickets in the Des Moines area going to Carver because of that fact that it is it's an hour, what is it, an hour and fifteen minutes, hour and a half to from half. from Des Moines. Hour and to a half Carver Hawkeye. I mean, there, there, are, there are more than enough people in the eastern part of the state that can go fill up Carver Hawkeye Arena for an 8 p.m. local time tip. So, like, you put out the tweet about how, wow, this is going to, it's it's an 8 p.m. tip. These are always fun because the fans are even more into it. Where if, the, if that was an Iowa game and it was a top 15 game and it was 8 o'clock, I know if it's, if it's a tweet from a Hawkeye fan, it's, oh, geez, I just wish this game wasn't at 8 o'clock because Carver would just be rocking if it wasn't. It's the exact opposite over there. And I Is the fan base older? I, th- I think that's part of it. I think it's an older fan base that doesn't want to go to these later tips. And it's also an older fan base that still has not adjusted to all of the sliding tips because of the networks they they were so used to their well football plays at one and basketball plays at seven and that's how it is and when it when it isn't at seven because there's also people arguing when it when it's at six that it's too early 
Like, it has to be in this sweet spot, 7 o'clock. It's got to be right there. And, oh, well, yeah, it's snowing out. Well, you know, it's too bad it's, it's winter weather or else Carver would be rocking tonight. There's all, it's, it just always seems like there's a, an excuse that Carver isn't Hilton. And, and it's not close. And I get it. There, there probably are more Iowa State fans living in that little area in Ames, Des Moines than Iowa fans who are more spread out throughout the state, I think. But I, I don't I think, think that. It's, it's 15,000 people is all you need in the arena. 15,000. type of fan is the biggest thing. Like, it just... Yeah. I don't know. You're not like, seeing, you, you don't have the knitters at, at, at Hilton. You well, don't have I'm the people sure that, that... Hey, sit down! The type of fan... That goes to Iowa State basketball game at eight o'clock is wanting to party, like they're there mm-hmm. to be a part and of. And that the is game. not Carver Hawkeye. They are there to not to only Hawkeye. watch the game but to get, impact. Get the game. my my Carver cone. <laughs> I want that Carver. Co- hey, honey, will you go get me a Carver cone while I finish this? Is that a thing? Because we got the clone cone. Betsy. Do you have a Carver cone? Oh yeah, they they claim it's. T- it's the best ice cream cone in the country. I, honey, go get me a Carver cone. Will you give me that? Hey, sit down. Hey. <laughs> You're sit being too loud. And, and I think I, what I, I noticed like, the most. Iowa fans don't Chris, feel like they're part of the game. Like, it doesn't seem like it's the same, like, where we can really impact this. They can get loud and cheer for their team. I, I don't know. It, it's a really What I noticed the most is the difference in the student engagement. Yeah, Iowa State students take ownership over that team, and Iowa students do not. They like you. Where are they even at these days? Like usually, you you see a little area, and it's about thirty students that are there. Like that is a huge difference. The, the, the Cyclone Alley, or whatever the hell you guys call it over there, that thing it's on both sides of the court, and they surround the court from each side and control the game. Iowa student section, it's never been great. Like there were a couple years in the Alford era where it was It was cool. Luke Rex Hawks Nest. Yeah. That was awesome. But and you could see them like they made an impact on TV. I remember watching those teams. But it was uh you know, somebody responded in the comments that the the students don't like to go because it's they have to walk across the river to get there or something like that. I, I don't know. I, just, I mean, I mean is, it, is, it all these, is it all these Chicago people that, you know, that aren't really Iowans or Iowa but fans? But then Kinnick is I electric. I know. They, they, they love football there. And, Always and Carver show up for football is great for, the most for wrestling. Part. Yeah. And, and right now, women's basketball. Yeah. It's just Caitlin the Clark. men's basketball that is not – I don't. Another I hate thing the that arena. I've noticed I think with a lot Carver. of people. I think a lot of people hate that arena, but it's good for other things. So why can't it be for basketball? Yeah. Another thing I've noticed with Carver is when there are fans there, you really only hear them after a made basket. Like they're not as much impacting the defensive side of the ball. Is it because they don't have a chance to? Because Iowa can't stop anybody? I don't know. But take a listen next time. Like you'll hear a loud roar when a, when the shot goes in, and then they'll quiet down again. They won't keep that up for the defensive side of the ball. Circle which is totally Herc. different at Hilton. Circle Herc is watching on YouTube. <laughs> this is a great comment here. He says I told my wife to go get me a Carver cone, and then yelled at her to sit down when she stood up to get it. Hey, honey, go, go go get me a Carver cone. Hey, sit it. Wait, no, sit down. I can't see. The real Hayden says there hasn't been a home game with students on campus since early December, and when you consider the majority of the students are from Chicago, it's an issue. But that doesn't like this is this isn't just a this year thing. Like this has been the right. case for forever. And. We've seen some big home games for Iowa State where the, the 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 they will still fill up the student sections with oh the, the Baylor game 
was that? Yeah, they they get in there and they the they Texas start Tech game. turning back the clock and feeling like students sitting in those seats, and you yeah. hardly notice you you hardly notice much of a difference. I don't know. It's just we've the it comes up every year. We'll we'll see it. It really does feel different. The cool thing that Iowa State's done, uh, specifically with Otzelberger, is they've done that thing where they do cheer defense now because they're doing that kill thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can pick that up on TV, but they're really, uh, they're just they're they're really encouraging the student interaction now compared to, and I think it's I think it's making a difference. Even I mean, I, I what like is this really juicy wiggle? It's a song. They're all from obsessed what? with it. The Iowa, they just Iowa State fans. What just is it lose from? Their damn minds! It's a pop song. What? A yeah, pop it's like song. A, it's like a popular song. You're telling me and, that song is on like pop radio stations? I think so. Yeah, I've never heard that song before. Well, I don't listen to the radio, but people and lose I, when they their, play it. I can't even tell what they're singing. I, was it, Iowa State was fans lose their goddamn mind when this song comes on. You know our friend Josh Betts? He covers you and I. Oh, yeah. Josh sent me a hilarious... He was covering a you and I football game, and they played the Juicy Wiggle, and literally nobody at you and I like even reacted to it. They're all just like, yeah. And then you do it at an Iowa State game. People will start doing backflips. The the crowd was chanting Juicy so is, Wiggle. Is there a... I know, I know. And I was like, what What are they chanting? What is it? In, Love the song. Is, so is there a choreographed dance that goes with it? I don't know. That's... that's. I'm too old for that. I have no idea. I Matt, think can so. You find the act, can you find the actual song and play it? Like, not with the Iowa State. I want to hear what this song actually sounds like. Because it sounds like a terrible song. There is a dance that goes with it. It's like you move your arms up. So that's across. why they like it because there's some kind of dance yeah. that goes with it. But they were well, they booing. They were booing the band and the PA guy. <laughs> Telling you, it's a different vibe in there. I, I'm trying to put it into. But it's, it's cool. Like I, 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 I think it's. I think it's the, funny. But it's, there, there is a different vibe in Hilton now than I have experienced. Now a lot of the old timers are like, oh yeah, it was like this a lot during Floyd, and but like. From what I've been there, like the Fred thing was great and the crowd was amazing and it was, I was on. It's, it's an event. Now. It's an event at Hilton, yeah. and I feel like it's a chore at Carver Hawkeye. Like it's a <laughs> chore. Oh God! Well, we got to go to Carver tonight. <laughs> oh, honey, sorry, we can't go out to eat. We're going to Carver. Uh, get that Carver cone. I got to try one of those apparently next time I'm in. Can, I'm in the, Iowa wait, City. Can, I, I I can't stand when people hype up this this Carver cone and this Hilton. Cone. What is it your thing? The clone, the clone cone. Cone. Come on, it's just soft serve, isn't it? There's nothing yeah. special about it. I remember my first game at Hilton, and I was so expecting to get a strawberry banana ice cream cone because of it's a clone cone. Right. Right. Well, it's but it's not. It's not That's actually cardinal and gold. Isn't it? It looks pink and yellow. Yeah, I thought I was getting strawberry vanilla. So why is it pink? Or strawberry uh, banana. Can you tell me why it's pink? I think it's a food coloring deal. It's hard to make it real cardinal, right? Because then it looks like blood. So what? It should be if it's... Oh, is this the Juicy Wiggle? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Did, Did he just zip up his pants? He did. I guess that's better than unzipping, which is what you do at courtside. I wish I could deny it. So this is Red Foo and LMFAO. Or LFN. I don't know why. LM. Laugh my. Oh. And Iowa State okay, fans so will dance song. You put this song on and they lose their goddamn minds. Oh God! So this is almost like the Baby Shark song. All I know is I'm watching a two top ten teams in the country just duke it out, one haymaker after another, and our crowd is standing up chanting "Juicy Wiggle" the other night. 
That's all they wanted. They finally got it when the game ended. <laughs> We're gonna Give get flagged. We're gonna get flagged for this. You think so? Yeah, we'll take it off. Take it off. I'm just kidding. Um, all right, we we got to move on and get to the NFL before we have to call it a show today. As our picks from circa, we've been we've been doing this every week during the NFL playoffs. Uh, oh yeah. Jesus. I'm one up on Hassel right now. We're picking against the spread. We're we are very mediocre. I'm currently five and five, betting against the Circa Lions. Hassel is four and six after a disastrous divisional week for Chris Hassel. Uh, I so Aaron from Circa reached out to me and said that this was the first time I think he told me in like 20 years or so where both championship games are under a field goal as far as the Lions go. I mean, we're, we're in for a hell of a Sunday. I can't wait. Right now, the, this is it's Circa Eagles minus two and a half over San Francisco. We have the Chiefs are back as a favorite right now, <laughs> as a one-point favorite over the Bengals. That's oh, that so funny. One. Yeah, so... It, it goes from Bengals minus two to Chiefs minus one just because Patrick Mahomes practiced. Which, I mean, that's the only thing that happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. So real quick, Chris, give us an outside view. What are your insiders on CBS? Where, where are they leaning? And then we'll get to our picks. On both of these games? Yeah. What, like what, what's the general feel you're getting from really good football people? The feel I'm getting is that this is going to be a different beast for Brock Purdy. And yeah. uh, they aren't real confident that he's going to pass this test. I think the Eagles are the pick on that side. And I, I feel like a, the Bengals are the pick on the other side. I mean, it, it, until Patrick Mahomes shows that he can beat the Bengals uh, and, and he's banged up and, you know, they've been, vul- they've, they've shown they've, they've been vulnerable in the AFC championship at home, lost a couple times. Um, and that's kind of where, that's where I'm going to go. I, I told you, I'll start with the Eagles 49ers going into the playoffs. I thought, 49ers are the best team in the NFC and the 49ers would would come out of there but it changed my mind after what I saw last week from both sides the Eagles were so impressive against the Giants so impressive and some of the things I saw from Brock Purdy worried me and not necessarily from him but the offensive line like when he got pressure from the Cowboys, he was not good. I mean, he he got sacked a few times. His passer rating was under forty when he faced pressure, and that's that's a bad that's that's a bad passer rating. Mm-hmm. And the Eagles have the most sacks in the NFL. I think uh, I, I worry about them getting to him. And also, I don't know how healthy the Niners are right now. They had a bunch of guys out practice yesterday, and I'm sure they'll all play. Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, and Elijah Mitchell all mispractice on Wednesday. So I'm going to go with the Eagles in that game. I'll, I'll lay the two and a half and say that the Eagles win this thing by a touchdown. I'm right there with you. In fact, I bet it Sunday night, the second the line came out on Circa, I bet it at one and a half. I, again, it's at two and a half right now. Uh, real quick note on that, if you are wanting to bet the game, it is at 115 essentially across the board. So what that tells you is if you want to play the Eagles, bet it now because it's probably going to three. Hmm. Or there's a decent chance of it at least. Now maybe they won't want to take it to three because that's a key number. Yeah. And that if you take it to three, you might get a ton of money to pile in on the 49ers at that point. But I – I bet it at one and a half, and I'm I'm the same way. And obviously, I'm rooting for Brock Purdy here. I, it's really incredible. Like you look up in Hilton, and there's Brock Purdy jerseys everywhere. Uh, it's been a great story, but I just I I've seen my Vikings go into Philadelphia for these championship games, and it is a brutal sight. I think that Hertz looked great to me. Like if he's got a hangover from that injury, I I certainly couldn't tell last week. You know, the the one thing is though, Chris, there is respect here for the 49ers roster, right? Like this is a a deal where you go into Philly 
I think maybe our experts the, say it's the two best rosters in the NFL. I, I mean, the, I, the, mo- the two most talented rosters in the NFL, top to bottom, is 49ers totally, and Eagles. I, I couldn't agree with that more because then you look at the Bengals and the Chiefs, and they're so quarterback heavy. You know, they're led by that. Where these other two teams, uh, the ro- you're not spending 40 million on your quarterback, so you can afford to have a better roster. Uh, but I just, I think the Brock story, at least for this year, comes to an end. Convincingly, I, I I like the Eagles here by double digits. Whoa, I hope convincingly. I'm wrong. Jeez, I hope wow. I'm wrong. I just a Purdy doubter. Chris Williams uh, noted Purdy doubter. I hope I'm wrong. Then the other game, I again I bet the Bengals Sunday afternoon last week when that game got over with. I just. I thought they would lose last week because of their offensive line issues, and I couldn't have been more wrong. They were flawless. That game was a blowout. Like, it it wasn't even close. And name a player in professional sports today that's more like just, yeah, I'll go on the road and I'll give you the middle finger than Joe Burrow right now. <laughs> I'm not betting against this guy. No, no way. I want Cincinnati here. I'm the same. I He's 3-0 and against Patrick Mahomes. They they look to me like the best team in the AFC, even though the, the Chiefs have the home field advantage. I I feel like the Bengals have been... They started 0-2 this season. Going into the season, no one was even talking about them as a contender, even though they almost won the Super Bowl. It was, this is the Bills' year. Bills are the Super Bowl favorites. If anybody's going to get the Bills, it's going to be the Chiefs. And then you got all these other teams in the... The AFC, well, it could be the could be the Chargers, you know. It, no, the Bengals. What do they want? Ten straight yeah. games. I was actually with the buddy. You know, Josh Fisher used to work for the Wild, the Iowa Wild. You probably worked with him back. He did media, but Never I bumped into him. him last night. He's no, a huge, I, don't, I don't know who he is. Okay, Sorry. well, he's a huge Cincinnati Bengals fan. He's from Cincinnati, and. He brought up that point to me because we both root for cursed franchises, right? The Vikings and the Bengals. And we, we always joke about this when we see each other. And then Sipker's involved because he's the Bills guy. Spopker. Um, but anyways, Fisher pointed that out to me. He's like, yeah, we're on a 10-game winning streak and nobody knows. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like the Bengals have just snuck into this spot and then they've had injuries and people just kept counting them out. I just there – there is the part of me that's like, I just feel like I'm on the square side of this because everybody feels like that they're on the Bengals here and they're on the road and it's Mahomes. But man, if he can't... Sage and I were talking about this. Again, if you want to in-depth on these games, go and listen to that. Sage was phenomenal. But this isn't like, oh, Kirk Cousins has a hurt ankle. I mean, this is a huge part of what makes Patrick Mahomes so great. Yeah. And he's not going to be 100%. So Not even close. No. So give me the Bengals. I, I'm very confident I'm in these two you. games. Watch them go the other way. We're two squares. <laughs> we are yeah. two squares. I'm going Bengals here, and I've got Bengals-Eagles in the, in the Super Bowl. Well, I hope that that happens because when the playoffs started, I bet on You the, hope? You really? You're going to root against Purdy in the 49ers? Well, uh, no, I'm, I, I, I said would, that wrong. I, but. Personally, I would like to see – the 49ers and god i don't know i've seen the i've seen the chiefs and the bengals in the super bowl recently i don't know i i want i just i just 49ers want a good chiefs game. would be the best i just want a really good you. game on that other side um i i was what i was saying when the playoffs started i have futures tickets open with circa to win the super bowl i bet the eagles at plus 800 i think and it was the bengals at plus or the bengals at 800 and the eagles at 500 to win the Super Bowl. So I have those just sitting in my back pocket. The odds, when you look at all four teams and their odds to win the Super Bowl, uh, I think the Eagles are the favorite, like really slight, like plus 230. Those are the longest odds on record for a favorite going into Championship Sunday. Usually there's somebody that's like minus 115 or, or even minus 200. Yeah. There's, there's somebody, there's a... And there's a gap from one to four. There's no gap. Shows you here. How it's like close these plus, teams are. It's like plus two thirty for the Eagles, and then the the longest odds are like the Bengals at plus three hundred. All four of these teams, you can see all four of them winning 
a Super Bowl. That's what that's what makes this so exciting and so great this year. I can't wait. All right, let's get tonight. Let's let's get tonight done. Iowa, Michigan State. Iowa State, Missouri is at one o'clock on Saturday in this this big twelve SEC thing. How do you Just, feel about the uh, eleven a.m. tip for Kansas? I wish it was later in the day. You know. So you wish it was on ESPN Plus? What I don't even know. Oh, it's on ESPN. They put it on ESPN. I saw that. Right. Yeah. But, it, you, that, but that's, that that's the caveat. It's on ESPN, be, but you're tipping off in the morning. There's going to be a lot of um, kids camping out at Hilton that night before, that Friday night oh. before, drinking their fireball. Well, see, and if this was in Iowa City, Just they would say, well, it's place. too early. The kids will be they'll be all hung over from the night before, so they won't show up. No, they'll all camp out. That'll be the. I can see it now. I can see. I can see the story of Otzelberger sending the kids pizza. <laughs> they were wrapped around the building for Kansas State. Yeah, it was crazy. Like five, six hours before tip, they were completely wrapped around Hilton. It's a different deal right now. I don't. I don't know why they care so much, but they do. Like it's a. It's crazy. All right, uh, we'll be back on Monday, gentlemen. Again, Palm. And uh, Ken Miller will have betting a betting preview with Circa for the big games coming up on Sunday. We have a new uh, podcast with Jared Stansbury and Jordan Bohannon. If you're a Hawkeye basketball fan, they're hitting that game hard tonight with Michigan State. That one is already on the feed. Uh, we have a lot going on here at Iowa Everywhere. Thanks to Fairway Meat and Grocery for sponsoring Matt Van Winkle for his production. Watch Chris Hassel tonight. Florida Atlantic, baby. That's our new team. Nope. Is this See, our UAB? Chris, you can't call them that. F-A-U. They don't like that. Yeah. It, it, these Florida schools, it has to be the initials. You it's can't so say Central Florida. You can't say South Florida. You can't say Florida Atlantic. You can't say Florida International. Don't do it. F-A-U. F-A-U. Yes. The Owls. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody. Iowa everywhere.